This is Witchcraft Off the Beaten Path. I'm Molly Dyer. The date of this episode is November 18th, 2020. If you're listening, wherever in the world you are, I hope you're safe, healthy, and taking really good care of yourself and of your fellow global citizens. Or at the very least, not causing anyone harm. And if you're listening from the United States, I hope you're staying clear of all of the traitors calling themselves patriots, waving their flags of a tyrant who lost his throne and is currently pitching a hissy fit and refusing to leave. What a dick. We have a new president come January 20th, 2021. Whether Tangerine Palpatine likes it or not, pack your shit, motherfucker, you're fired. On a personal note, thank you to everyone for all of your well wishes. I received emails, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter messages from literally all over the globe, all wishing me well and a return to good health. You told me you were lighting candles for me, and I appreciate that so much more than I could ever convey. Thank you, all of you, so many of you. I'm a bit overwhelmed with the amount of care and compassion I received. My husband and I are doing better, that's for sure. I sound like an old lounge singer, like I have a really bad cold. But I'm so much improved from the last two times you heard from me. I'm really tired still. Neither of us can smell or taste anything at all, which I have to say is super, super weird. And makes you crave things you haven't eaten in years or wouldn't normally eat just because you're fantasizing about anything that you could taste. And it's nothing at the moment. But that's better than having landed in the hospital and being on a respirator. So I won't complain. Just wear your fucking masks, y'all. Keep your social distance. Don't go out if you don't have to go out. And if you're a member of the essential personnel workforce, everyone from doctors and nurses to emergency personnel to grocery store employees and pizza delivery drivers and everyone else in between, Just know I'm holding space for you to stay safe, and thank you for what is nothing less than a sacrifice. Okay, moving on. One of the messages I got was from a listener who just calls herself Witchy in the South. Part of the message was about protection. She was talking about a toxic individual wreaking havoc for her family and her business, as well as some self-destructive behavior on the part of the toxic person that culminated in that person overdosing last month. Witchy wanted to know uh, if there was anything that could be done for protection, quote, so she doesn't come back and wreak havoc on us in the afterlife, end quote. And I'm assuming the protection would also be for the present life as well. So we'll talk about something that would keep you safe in both instances, in the present life and from someone in the afterlife. We're going to talk about setting up wards. Setting up wards is creating a protected, energized, safe space. It's sort of a turbocharged protection field. If you shield yourself, and you really should be shielding yourself, think of setting wards as sort of like a big giant shield around a place. Much the same as it would be around yourself, but much bigger. If you've ever cast a circle, you've basically set wards. If you've ever set up a temple room, you've set up wards, maybe just on a smaller scale. Wards can be used to hold energies in, 
and to keep energies out as well. One thing about setting up wards that is different from most ritual circles, but not all, is that wards are usually permeable, which means specific energies can pass through without any problems. But the boogery, bad energy can't pass through. I sort of tend to think of it as a big, giant, bulletproof dome. If you watched the series, The Dome, you'll know what I mean. If not, just imagine a huge, clear energy dome over whatever you're protecting with wards. Similar to the dome you might imagine over a circle you've cast for ritual. It's basically the same thing. By the way, it's not actually bulletproof, you guys. That's a figure of speech. But this is for spiritual protection for you and anybody else who lives in your home. Your home itself and everything that belongs there. I have found also that feeding and keeping your wards active and energized not only protects the people or things that were present when the wards were set, it also protects retroactively. So anything or anyone that is in the dwelling or space after the wards were set will be protected while they're within the wards. That's pretty nifty. You'll find your guests who don't wish you any harm feel very comfortable, very welcomed, and at home in your space. And quite the opposite for those who might not wish you well. They don't want to be there. They're not comfortable. They kind of want to leave. That's the point. I'm going to talk about the care and feeding of your wards in just a moment. Let's talk about one of the two ways I'm going to talk about to set up wards at your house. This can be done at your business as well, anywhere really. I just use your house or home as an example. This is sort of the long way to do it, and there are a bunch of steps, but honestly, it's pretty easy. In the end, it's sort of basically just like setting up a circus tent-sized sacred circle, the same kind you set up when you do a ritual, just on a very grand scale. Also, you might look kind of weird to your neighbors while you're doing it, but whatever. They're probably used to seeing you look like a weirdo already, right? So, <laughs> I mean... You'll need to find the cardinal points outside of your home, whether that's an apartment complex or an individual dwelling like a house or maybe a mobile home. It might not be the actual corners of your property line, but just identify the north, south, east, and western points of the property where you live or where you're going to ward. You can plant a stick in the ground if you need to remember where the cardinal points are or maybe put a rock there. Or if you can remember where it is, cool. That's the first step in setting up wards, just having those cardinal points marked out. The second step is to cleanse the negativity out of the house. You're going to be smudging the whole entire house, and that means inside and outside. Yeah, your neighbors are in for a pretty good show, like I said. But outside comes after the inside. Inside needs to be cleansed first. You need to get all the chaotic energy out of the house with this cleansing. Chaotic energy is like clutter. And listen, if that means you need to kick someone out of your house to do so, then you need to kick that person out of the house for a while. Send them to the store or over to a friend's house to play or send them out for a pedicure or a spa day. Just make sure there's nothing and no one in the house or on the property that's going to maintain negative energy while you're attempting to smudge and cleanse. That's just counterproductive. 
and make sure to take a good look at yourself before you start this. Remember that you can be super negative as well, especially if you're doing this because something bad has happened recently. And you need to not be negative to do this. Smudge the fuck out of yourself. Even if you feel like you maybe don't need it, do it before you do the rest of the house. Check yourself. While you're cleansing, pay special attention to the thresholds in the house. All the points of entry and exit, doors and windows, chimney, vents. Remember, we're talking about energy. Pay special attention to closets and pantries as well. Boogers like to hide in dark corners. As you're smudging, you should be chanting, something that states your intention pretty well. My go-to chant is super easy to remember, and if you've listened to more than just this episode, chances are you've already heard it. My go-to chant that you're welcome to use is this. Naught but love shall enter in. Naught but love shall emerge from within. Naught, spelled N-A-U-G-H-T. Not N-O-T. Wait, yeah, that's weird. It's a super fancy word for nothing. So if you'd rather say nothing but love shall enter in, etc., that's cool as well. And I did not write that or make that up. That is, I don't know who did, but thank you. Just say whatever you want to say, but just be stating that as you're walking around your house, smudging the shit out of it. And after that, we're moving this party outdoors. While the energy in your home is still all sparkly clean, consecrate some ritual water and some ritual salt and combine it to make salted water. Then do the same consecrating a stick or two or three of incense with the elements of fire and air. You'll be carrying these outside with you. And I say incense instead of a censer and loose incense or a smudge stick because it's kind of easier to control. A smudge stick or a sage bundle outside, if there's wind, can cause a fire. I'm just pointing that out. So can a a charcoal tab that has loose incense on it in an uncovered censer. So An incense stick is just kind of easier to control that little tiny cherry flame on there. So that's what I use. But if you want to use something else and you're comfortable with that, that's cool too. So how do you start this outside? Well, think about how you personally cast a circle. If you cast your circle by starting in the east, then you'll head for the eastern cardinal point at the perimeter of your property. If you cast your circle by starting in the north, then head there instead. Me, personally, I start out in the east, so that's the example here. But remember, if you think of this as essentially casting just a really big circle that will envelop the entirety of your dwelling place, cars, whatever, it might make it easier. That idea works for me. Walk to the eastern cardinal marker a stick or a rock or whatever you set up if you did to remind you where the magnetic east is. Carry your lit incense with you first. Starting in the east, walk gentle around the perimeter of your property, chanting your mantra. Walk the whole property. Don't just walk from cardinal point to cardinal point. Wave your incense as you go. Not like a crazy person. Or, well, I mean, if that's your thing, then you do you, baby. But just use your powers of visualization and envision 
the smoke of your incense, creating a semi-permeable shield around the outside of your house, at the perimeter of your property. Energy that is peaceful and loving is allowed to come in. Energy that is not, is not allowed to come in. Do this all the way around the perimeter of your property until you get back to your starting point. In this instance, that would be the east. Then either stub out your incense or let it burn safely and take up the bowl or vessel of salted water and do the same thing. You're going to asperge the perimeter of your property. I like to stick my fingers in the water and sort of flick the water out at the perimeter to asperge. But you can do this with a bundle of wildflowers or herbs or weeds or honey dipper, whatever. However you want to asperge your perimeter is up to you. Make sure you're working Jeshul. While you're essentially banishing negativity, it's not actually a banishing as much as it is a protection. So don't walk Wittershins. Walk Jeshul. After you've made a pass with all the elemental representations, go to the West. The West? Yeah, we're going to do this cross-quarters so we can face the element from the inside of our wards. Head to the western cardinal point of your property's perimeter and face the east. With your wand, or an athame, or your hand, or a carrot, wink wink, draw a pentacle or pentagram in the air in the direction of the east. And now you want to invoke the element for protection. And any deities you might have a personal spiritual relationship with. Make sure it's an established one. Don't surprise a new deity that you've never spoken to before. For example, you might say, By the element of air in the east, and the maiden, the mother, and the crone, just as an example, guard this space from all ill will and those who wish to do us harm. By the air and the old ones, so mote it be. Or something like that. I mean, like, seriously, that's just kind of the idea that you want to get across. Move Jeshul to the next quarter, which would be, in this case, the north, to call cross-quarter to the south. And repeat with that element, and so on, until you've made one revolution around the perimeter. Then walk back to the western cardinal point where you started. Then you'll walk to your front door, and while you're still outside... Close up the circle by once again invoking whatever deity you may have invoked at the cardinal points, if any, and the elements, something along the lines of this. By all the elements, and by the maiden, the mother, and the crone, just as an example, guard this space from all ill will and those that wish to do us harm. By spirit and by the old ones, so mote it be. And that's it. Those are your wards, and now they're all set up. You don't have to invoke a deity if you don't want to, or if you don't do that. I don't, myself. I will, however, ask for the ancients and my ancestors' help. Personalize that invocation as much as you want. Make it fit you. 
And by the way, if you want to walk the perimeter of your property with each individual element, air, fire, earth, and water, don't let me stop you. I just kind of combine the two because I'm lazy. I only have to do two revolutions instead of four. But seriously, and if you want to walk more than once around the perimeter of your house with each element, I'm not going to stop you. That's probably just going to make it stronger. A moment ago, I mentioned that I'd talk about the care and feeding of your wards as well. Feeding your wards is something that many people neglect to do, and neglecting to feed your wards can possibly leave you vulnerable to negative energy. I think of it as kind of charging my wards, like I charge my phone battery. You've basically set up a permeable circle that you never take down. But unlike your Ronco rotisserie, you can't just set it and forget it. You have to keep strengthening it. Feeding your wards on the full moon might help you to remember. If you keep any kind of witch's calendar, like I love the witch's calendar from Llewellyn's. Uh, I usually use those. Make a note of four quarterly moons from when you initially set up your wards. They don't need to be fed monthly, though it wouldn't hurt. You don't have to do that, though. I feed my wards quarterly. To feed your wards... Just walk Jeshel to each cardinal quarter and recite the same or similar invocation you did, if you can't remember it, when you initially set up your ward. It might seem like a little bit of a time investment, and it is, but it's worth it if you're able to do this. If you live in an apartment complex, you do not have to walk the perimeter of the entire complex. Maybe just kind of carve out a piece of the complex that includes where you park your car or cars if you can, and just walk a reasonable perimeter that envelops your apartment and whatever cardinal points you're able to include. It does not have to be perfect. It just has to include your intent and your energy. If you're unable to walk your perimeter for any reason, or if you're immobile or in a motorized chair or a wheelchair, there are accessibility options as well. You can do all of this from inside your home. If you can't do the smudging on your own, you can absolutely ask for help from a partner, a sister or brother witch, a trusted friend or coven member. While your assistant is smudging the rest of your house, stay in the centermost part of your house that you can access. Project your energy towards where your assistant is smudging. After that's done, your assistant can walk the outer perimeter for you, or you can stay right in the center of your house where you were and turn yourself to face the cardinal points themselves, not cross quarters, and call your wards on your own with the same invocations that I mentioned before or personalized for your very own. If you're in a wheelchair or a motorized chair, don't let that stop you from being able to set up wards in your home successfully. Your intent and visualization will be center stage, but you can absolutely do it and do it well. If you need other accessibility tips for setting up wards, if I missed something, please email or message me. I'm super glad to help. I would suggest the best time to set up wards would be on a full moon, or at least on a waxing moon. I'd steer clear of waning or dark moons for warding myself. But again, you do you. 
If you want to set up your wards soon, the next full moon is on November 30th. That should give you enough time to figure out where your cardinal points are. You can do this in full daylight, by the way. But if you're not afraid of the dark, or of tripping over tree roots, or cats, or falling into a hole, or stepping in dog shit, you can do it under the light of the full moon. I am super klutzy myself, so I prefer to do it during daylight hours. Besides, that gives me a chance to really freak out my neighbors, at least four times a year. You can also leave permanent markers in your cardinal points if you want to. I don't mean a permanent marker like a sharpie. I mean like a painted rock or, you know, like a post or something. As long as you're not worried about having them stolen anywhere that they're not fenced in, like in your front yard, for example. Maybe a tile that has the element symbol carved into it. Whatever. Now, I said that that was one of the ways to ward. There's another way to ward, and it might be more convenient for you. This method of warding is quick and dirty, but it's also very accessible and very successful. So, you can create a guardian ward by using an object. Choose something that you'd like to use as your guardian ward. Choose something that's kind of small possibly sort of decorative, but that can be put out of the way where people are less likely to pick it up or fuck with it, or where kids can't reach it to play with it just innocently. I have a stone gargoyle that a really good friend brought me from Notre Dame in Paris. That's not what I've actually used as my guardian ward, but as an example, that would have been perfect if I'd thought about it before right now. I don't know why I didn't. Just use something smallish, something that's easily held in your hands and easily carried by you. Start by cleansing your chosen guardian object thoroughly and with all of the elements, much like you would a ritual tool like an athame or a wand. Then charge that object, again the same way you would with a ritual tool. This is important. You might consider seriously giving your guardian ward a name. That can really help you bond to your guardian ward and make it something that's more than just a thing that guards your house. So for this example, let's name our guardian ward Larry. Larry the guardian ward. I don't know. Once you've charged Larry, set your intention for it, for him, that it he will be used as a guardian ward for your home and everyone and everything in it. Carry Larry around your space that you're warding or protecting from room to room, omitting nothing. Bathrooms and closets are important. Entry points with thresholds, like doors and windows, are especially important, again, as are chimneys and vents. While you're introducing Larry to each space, really focus and visualize tying Larry to these places, bonding him to each room and each person that lives in these spaces. When you're finished bonding Larry to your space, do the same thing with Larry. Walk him around the perimeter of your home if you're able to do so. You don't necessarily have to call in all the elements because you've consecrated Larry to do exactly that. After you've finished bonding Larry to the entire space, 
make sure to put Larry in a safe space where he won't be messed with by anybody, but just as importantly, you won't forget about him. Larry needs to be fed, just like your outdoor wards will be. He needs to be shown respect and recharged at least quarterly. And again, you can certainly charge him up every month if you want to. With the full moons, those are perfect opportunities to charge up your Larry, whatever you're going to name your guardian ward. Huh. I guess I could have just called it ward. Whatever. To charge up your guardian ward, just walk him around the house again and maybe recharge him as if you would charge an altar tool. I like to personally put altar tools that need to be charged and crystals and jewelry on a windowsill that receives bright moonlight when there's a full moon. You can definitely charge up your Larry in the full moonlight. Whatever you do and however you do it, happy warding to you. There's a brand new podcast every Wednesday. And as always, if you have questions or comments about this or any other episode of this podcast, or if there's a topic you'd like to hear about on a future episode, just hit the message button on the Anchor app or on the Anchor webpage from your web browser. You can also message me and find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You might hear yourself on an upcoming podcast. Stay at home. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Wear your motherfucking mask. I hope you never hunger, and I hope you never thirst. As above, so below. Thanks for listening. If you liked it, tell a friend and subscribe. I'm Molly Dyer. This is Witchcraft Off the Beaten Path. It's good to be home. Mm